Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We try to hustle them, try to bust them, try to cuss them. The cops want someone to bust down on Orleans Avenue. Another day, another dollar, another war, another towel. Went up where the homeless had their homes. So we prayed with many different gods that there are flowers. But we call religion our friend. We're so worried about saving our souls. Afraid that God will take his toll that we forget to begin with. Bob Stoffer uh, joining you in Oilers. Now, that was Jewel to open the show. She turns 49 today. There you go. I, you know, Brennan, I, I get back in the studio. Oh, yeah, i got to turn that uh, that button up so I can... Well, and some people would say that's probably a better thing. But this is Oilers Now. Hope you had a wonderful long weekend. Let's get after it. we got a busy show coming up. One of your favorites, uh, one of the most downloaded guests on the show for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, Frank Saravalli, coming down the pipe today at 1235. Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland will join us today at 105. And the Seattle Thunderbirds win the WHL Championship. It only took them five games. I had them in six over Winnipeg. Uh, Seattle Thunderbirds GM and Edmonton Area product Bill LaForge Jr. will join us at 135. Hope you had a great weekend. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by World of Spas. Aiken, after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Uh, lots to get to. We had Jay Woodcroft on Friday's show. We're going to run a couple of clips off of that. Uh, man, oh man, busy stuff going on. Brendan, I know you were down in Calgary yesterday. Today, the Calgary Flames are... Uh, uh, amongst the top stories out there in hockey, as they've made it official here, Craig Conroy will be their general manager. Dave Nonis is in Calgary as well in a senior executive role. And they keep, uh, some people thought maybe Brad Pascal may leave, but he remains uh, with the Flames organization as well. Those guys, uh, Conroy and Pascal worked for years together with Brad Tree Living. Of course, Toronto, Brendan Shanahan, a little bit of, uh, well, I don't know what, what sort of, I, I was surprised at how direct and to the point uh, Brendan Shanahan was with what transpired with Kyle Dubas on uh, Friday. And I think uh, it would not surprise me in the least if Brad Tree Living ended up becoming the next general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And oh, by the way, the Pittsburgh Penguins ended up with Kyle Dubas. Interesting times. Lots of machinations, Brendan Escott, going on right here, right now in the hockey business. 
little game of uh, musical chairs amongst the general managers, it seems like right now. And, you know, it's uh, it's giving a little flavor to the offseason. I love to see a team go internal with a candidate. I think it's worked out really well, obviously, in Edmonton with, uh, with Jay Woodcroft in that yeah. sense. So we'll see on the management front how it works out for Craig Conroy down the QE2. Uh, conversely, I mean, uh, I don't know what Kyle Dubas has proven quite yet, but I'm excited to see what he might do with a, a change of scenery as well. Well, and again, I, I wonder whether or not, just just if you're following closely with Pittsburgh, it sounded like they might be close to something and they pivoted away. And was the pivoting away the fact that Kyle Dubas um, may have been in conversation with uh some of the people around the Pittsburgh organization. Time will tell. Frank Saravelli will shed some insight with us at 1235 in that regard. Now, I got got to ask you this. You were down in Calgary yesterday for the game? Yeah, you betcha. Who won? What was Uh, the final score? It was 29-24 for the Stampeders. Elks uh, put up some good stats, but ultimately just fell short on the scoreboard. Preseason game, and they only played two. I can remember when they used to play like four Mm -hmm. a number of years. What was the crowd like? Um, Well, (laughs) it was okay. They they, uh, alleged that it was over 17,000. It certainly was not even close to that, and particularly because we had an hour-long lightning delay at halftime. And a uh, delay to start the game, too. Yeah, that's right. Smoke delay in the first place and then a lightning delay about halfway through. So uh, by the end of the game, it, it was in the hundreds, not thousands. But regardless, whatever, preseason football. See, I think the CFL should, if it's me, I think they should play, they should start training camp around June the 10th. Okay, and then they should play two exhibition games between July fifteenth or June the 15th and June the 30th. And they should start on Canada Day every year and have, you know, July, August, September, and October and have four months' worth of regular season games. What do you think? Is that, like, I just I just wonder if it's, you know, a, a Monday, May preseason game. I was, I, I, until, until you told me, like, a couple of weeks ago, really, they're going to do that? Yeah, and it better darn well not be a tradition that we're going to tie up the May long weekend holiday Monday for something like that. I don't know who you're appealing to with that. I suspect this is a one-off, but regardless. And, and then, okay, so as you alluded to, it's two preseason games, but the preseason is three weeks long. So the Elks are down one. They'll play again at home on Saturday against Winnipeg, and then they're off for two weeks before the regular season. So you could basically hold a whole nother training camp between your final game and the start of the regular season on June 11th. It's bizarre. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they play Saturday. Who do they got? Saskatchewan? And they've got Winnipeg in town oh, for that one. Saskatchewan will open up the regular season at home. All right. There you have it. Uh, Brendan will keep us updated uh, here on Oilers Now. Of course, he does the pre and the post game. And so what would you have? You had an extra half hour pregame show and an extra hour halftime show. Is that what you were tap dancing around yesterday? That's exactly right. Unfortunately for me, Blake Dermott has a, a whole catalog of stories that we can draw from in those I've instances. I've heard them all. <laughs> yeah, You'll most to, of us have. <laughs> one, of, one of these days, you're going to have to get him to tell a couple he can't tell on the air because they're even better. A reminder that you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Uh, Canadian icon Burton Cummings takes the stage June the 8th at the River Cree. Tickets and more information at rivercreeresort.com. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780 780- 
1-800-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com. For more information, we're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer, and tweet Brendan Escott, at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Uh, today's top story for Legacy Heating and Cooling, whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payment, no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Well, out of our end-of-the-year exit interview with Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland at about 106-107 today. Again, we'll get to some clips from Jay Woodcroft, Frank Cervelli, and uh, Seattle Thunderbirds GM um, Bill LaForge Jr. Uh, will join us late in the show as well. By the way, Brendan, uh, so I got some Netflix in this weekend and uh, two recommendations. Uh, a documentary on White Boy Rick, I ne- it's unbelievable. It's a story about a, a drug dealer, uh, a white guy in Detroit at the height of uh, 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 the hardcore drug scene in Detroit in the 1980s that basically destroyed that city and took it from a city which in the 1950s had 1.8 million people living in it. Now they're down to about 600,000. The amount, and, and I hold the police in the highest regard here, and I think they got a real tough job. Like the firefighters are, they're heroes out there, but a lot of people are really hard on the police. Uh, the police corruption that took place, um, all I'm going to say is if you watch the documentary, you are going to be shocked and appalled because I was stunned. I'm like, surely this can't be happening. And it wasn't until a couple of the central power figures uh, passed away, only then uh, was there any form of justice that was ultimately reached. I mean, it just... You, you've got to watch the documentary if, you, if you've not seen it again. It's on... There was a movie, White Boy Rook, it's, but it's, a, it's, it's the doc on it, and it ain't pretty. And it's pretty discouraging in terms of the levels of uh, corrupt government officials that took place at a municipal level in Detroit. By the way, Detroit uh, built Little Caesars Arenas they just went ahead and pushed the arena without actually having full consultation from the municipal government in that city. And just, you're paying this. This is just the way it's going to work. There was no never-ending referendum like there was in seemingly at Edmonton. Uh, you know, we had a long debate over it. Um, obviously, things have changed provincially uh, in, in and could be changing next Monday or may remain the same, which might pertain to the long-term uh, prosperity and health of the Calgary Flames fan- franchise as well, uh, based upon some of the promises that Danielle Smith and the UCP have made to assist Calgary in building a new downtown entertainment arena complex. I also saw, I always find these, these cold cases quite interesting, and there's a German-produced one out there on uh, uh, Birgit Meyer. Uh, which took 28 years to solve. And uh, for uh, I watched it yesterday. It was about four hours. I was like, wow. Same sort of deal where you're a little bit disappointed at, uh, at various different levels. Was, I, I just suggest there's a couple out there. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line if you've seen any good ones as well. Because you know what? I got an extra hour each day. I did watch all of hockey uh, over the weekend. Um uh, my daughter is winning. Uh, she's in a pool with a bunch of people. You won't believe which team she took out of the Eastern Conference. The Florida Panthers. Seriously. I don't know if she did it to be a contrarian, but uh, she's looking pretty good. They're up 3 nothing. Did you see that stat today in the Carolina Hurricanes, by the way? 
Their last 11 games played in the conference final, they've scored two or fewer. Uh, they're 1-10 in their last 11 games played in conference finals since the 06 Stanley Cup. And they are... Uh, they've scored two or fewer goals in 10 of the 11 games. So they last played in 2019. They lost to Boston. Boston went to the Stanley Cup final that year and lost in seven games to St. Louis. Uh, and then they got swept in that series. They can't score, man. I don't know what it is with Carroll. Now, in fairness, they don't have Svechnikov. Taravainen's playing at 50%, and they lost Max Pacioretty, though he never really was a significant contributor at any point for them. But, Brendan, you got to be as surprised as anybody. Like, Florida is sitting here. This was a team that if the Pittsburgh Penguins had beaten the Columbus Blue Jackets at the end of the season, the Florida Panthers missed the playoffs. And instead, they're one game away from the Stanley Cup final. Well, yeah, well everybody says just get in and you've got a chance, right? And this is clearly, um, you know, a good indicator of that. The, this is a team peaking at the right time. You've got a goaltender playing his best hockey of the season and you, you can't get a puck by him. And you're playing a team that can't get a puck by anyway anybody else anyway. So, um, I, it, like, a lot of stars have aligned here for yes. Florida. And I, I think that Matthew Kachuk leading the charge has been quite the story down there. Well, it's, it's, hey, you know what? Uh, a year ago today, we were in between Game 3 and Game 4 of the Edmonton series against the Calgary Flames. Okay? Uh, the Oilers had won Game uh, 3 to go up uh, two games to one on a 4-1 victory. Kane had a hat-trick. And I still thought at any point Calgary could come back and win that series. I mean, it's just, when you think about what transpired as a result of the Oilers winning the Battle of Alberta, uh, Johnny Goodrow doesn't resign. Matthew Kachuk says he won't sign long-term. Ultimately, uh, the Flames, I think, got a pretty good return for Matthew Kachuk. Their team, which should have made the playoffs, doesn't make the playoffs. Trilliving leaves first. Then they find out that, you know, maybe they've got to move on from Daryl Sutter. And who knows what direction the Flames are going to go. Do they just walk it back for a year and say, hey, let's just go with the group? Or do they start trading some of their players that have one year left in their deal? We head off in the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear. Excited to announce they are opening a women's only workwear store located four doors north of the Direct Workwear, direct workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more at womensworkwear.ca. Jay Woodcroft uh, was on the show on Friday. And he had uh, extended uh, comments on the steady progression that the Oilers have made since his arrival. You know, when Dave Manson and I came up from Bakersfield last year, uh, where the team was at uh, was was the team was outside of the playoff picture, and it was a very emotional time. And what I found at that point was there were, um, you know, people looking for answers. And uh, through experience, I knew that we couldn't come in and change every piece of of uh, the way the team played in the short amount of time. There was COVID schedule, all that kind of stuff. So we picked one or two small areas to try and attack and get better at. But what I found was a very rapt audience and we started to, things started to snowball in the, in the right direction on the defensive side of things. So I understand that the team finished 18th on the year last year, but from February 10th on um, to the end of the season, we liked kind of the direction 
direction uh, that was going. I think, you know, as you get into October and November and December, we had some we had some real adversity with our group this year right. in the first half of the season. Um, but one of the things that could have been cleaned up and is going to get cleaned up going forward is that side of it. Because I believe that um, the habits that are created at that time of year, the attention to detail at that time of year, I think uh, serves the team as they move deep into April, into May, and ultimately into June. I think those are are the things um, that occur. So, you know, when you win games, it's important to close a team out rather than let them hang around and claw back into a game. And you still might win by a goal um, because you can outscore some things. But I, I think those habits uh, get ingrained earlier in the season. That, that's an area of focus as we move into um, 23-24. And I, I believe that the disappointment that everybody feels right now from our management to our coaches to our players, we're all in it together. We all have this pit in our stomach. I believe that that level of um, commitment uh, will be there right from day one. It'll be harped on. People will be held accountable to it. Um, you know, I thought in the second half of this season, we started to see some positive signs. But through the first three months, we're weathering some injury yeah. adversity, some lack of uh, performance from certain individuals. All that type of stuff you deal with in your surviving, you're trying to collect as many points as you can. And I thought we really dialed it in after Christmas. But I think the better you are earlier in a season, I don't think that I know that, is... is those are the habits that stand up under pressure in April, May, and June, and that, that's where our focal point will be. We can be better. Um, we, we did a lot of good things this season. We're positive uh, about our, our outlook, and we're looking, as I said earlier in this, this chat, we're looking to use this disappointment in a way to fuel us uh, to take that next step. We're looking to repurpose this disappointment to help make us a better team. There you have it, uh, Jay Woodcroft, with some extended commentary there on, uh, hey, it's this simple. The Oilers need to shave their goals against. They need to do a better job goals against, better job in the penalty killing. They're tied together. Oilers got a, they were 17th and 18th the last year, two years in goals against, and they've been 20th and 17th the last two years on the penalty kill. They got to improve those areas. That said, the team's played five playoff series in the last two years, and Jay Woodcroft has the second best record in the NHL. We'll get to NHL today when we come back in Oilers now. All right, 1227 in Edmonton. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Please text us correct information, not from fake accounts. Okay? That's a slight request we're going to make at this time. I'm bad enough already without uh, having fake accounts set in and saying, hey, did you see this? Uh, all right, we're going to go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. And here is Brendan F. Scott. Well, we mentioned Florida has Carolina on the brink of elimination after winning a one nothing showdown last night. They may have lost their captain, Sasha Barkov, in the process. Left the game, didn't return. Uh, tonight, Vegas can go up 3 nothing on Dallas. They're playing in the Lone 
Star State. Greg Conroy, new GM of the Calgary Flames. Dave Nonis will join the team as Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations and Assistant GM. Chris Snow and Brad Pascal uh, both staying on in Assistant GM roles. Penguins have been linked or at least uh, reportedly granted permission to speak with Kyle Dubas about their GM vacancy. Thunderbirds uh, of Seattle, of course. Peterborough Peets and Quebec Ramparts all heading to Kamloops for the start of the 2023 Memorial Cup this week. It's Quebec and Kamloops opening things Friday evening. And Canada did knock off Chechia uh, 3-1 to one this morning at the World Hockey Championship over in Latvia. Canadians sit second behind undefeated Switzerland for top spot in Group B. And we'll mention as well, Joe Valeno uh, suspended five games for stomping on Nino Niederreiter's leg. All right. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, that was a bad move by Valeno. Overrated draft pick. 1229 at Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back, Frank Cervalli for the horses and horse racing in Alberta.